Well, you talk about this recent Arctic cold. You know what's going to put a chill in you when you ask the question, what happens when the lights go off at 30 below? Probably not a whole lot of good, but this did happen. And there was some good that came out of it, too. It was sort of a lengthy um, power outage as well. We're talking today as it's reminding us about the importance of energy. The message hammered home, especially in parts of central Montana, hit with a power outage and uh, 2,300 members of Fergus Electric for some time. We'll talk about that today on the show. Fergus Electric General Manager Carson Sweeney to join us about that. And then also how the community responded, how Fergus Electric and other businesses responded. Then we'll have the pleasure of speaking to, and I'm going to call him a hero because linemen at this time of year are heroes in my book. We'll hear from line foreman Owen Thatcher, who was among the crew working outdoors in these life-threatening conditions to restore the power today. Voices of Montana. Did you know that a majority of Montanans support the use of hydroelectric dams to produce electricity? A scientific survey released last year showed that 83% of Montanans support hydroelectric power, with 62% of Montanans supporting the hydroelectric dams on the Lower Snake River. The Montana State Legislature also overwhelmingly supported on a bipartisan vote a resolution opposing the breaching of the Lower Snake River dams, which provide power to Western Montana electric co-ops. A message from Montana's electric co-op. Getting right into this. Carson Sweeney is joining us, general manager of Fergus Electric. It is ferguselectric.coop for information there, too. And again, a number of, of their members suffered this power outage, and it was pretty darn cold out. Carson, Carson, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you for being on here and 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 talking about this as well, because um, one thing is, is, you know, when the power goes out, something had gone wrong down the line so that doesn't feel right to you as general manager i'm sure of fergus electric but also during this time there was uh, boy a real sense of urgency just start from maybe where it happened and then uh who came alongside you and, and the community's response yeah geez tom uh sunday morning it was just brutally cold across montana as you know and then and, and roundup it was about uh minus 21 and uh, we had a real serious, dangerous situation that came up Sunday morning. Um, you know, typically outages occur somewhere down the line. Um, but uh, Sunday morning, this outage occurred at the beginning of the line, at the very beginning, at the substation, um, just on the southwest side of Roundup, Montana. And uh, we lost 2,300 customers, and that's a, a situation that we take very seriously. And, uh, and it was under dangerous circumstances. And so uh, we were on alert and responding to that and it was so cold tom uh we immediately went to uh heating that equipment that had opened up at the substation the breaker has heaters um but at those temperatures they they tend to have some issues and so we spent the first few hours just trying to to heat it up and our guys are are you know how do you heat something that's in a substation that's energized supporting a few thousand other customers and working through those details and uh and we came to realize that 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 piece of equipment had had failed and there was there was no return there was no fixing it in the moment and uh we had to make a, a few decisions and one decision was hey let's team up and partner up who can we ask for help and uh so we called our friends in northwestern energy and what was neat what's neat in the utility industry is a a outage is an outage uh kind of company lines are no longer drawn and we just want to help each other help members out and make sure that everybody's safe in these cold temperatures so a team of Northwestern Energy employees across the state uh, came together, um, put our heads together, and worked through a solution. Now, that solution took all day long, Tom. It 
it uh, it is in an energized substation. We're trying not to create outages for everybody else. And it was just neat seeing everybody come together and work through that solution. And gosh, we sure appreciated the help from from Northwestern Energy. If that kind of sets the tone of what we were working with. And and that to me is a, a real interesting part of the story too. And I think you described it real well. There's uh, you know those lines uh, drawn sort of go away a little bit. Um, what is important for us to know about like the cause of this problem or perhaps uh, as you noted uh the the failure of it but um we can't it's not a, a situation where you can reroute power is is that a grid thing yeah in this situation um how things are designed we've we've actually been working with northwestern energy the last few years to to improve the situation at this location and uh, i expect some improvements to be made this next construction year um and uh um, in this situation, we only had one source of power, and, uh, and, and and it failed. And so we we worked with Northwestern Energy. They sent a few experts out of Billings who who have uh, knowledge in this specific uh, substation area, and they did some rewiring and and just collaborating with them while it's just crazy cold out, yeah. and they're under significant duress. They know that we have a couple thousand people out of power. Um, but while we are people who are out of power, you know, neighbors are coming together to help each other, check on each other. Um, DES and Roundup set up a warming shelter for people to come check in. And man, Tom, we were just really supported and people were, were appreciative of our linemen. We had Fergus Electric linemen spread across the system. They weren't just in Roundup. We had them all over so that if something occurred, we could be there quickly, get it restored quickly. Um, we had an outage that impacted Grass Range and Winnet, um, but our guys responded very quickly. And uh, Tom, I showed up to that one. Uh, wires are down on the ground, winds blowing sideways, and and it is just brutally cold. And my guys are up in the bucket at 35 feet. And when you mentioned, you know, heroes in real life, I got to witness it. And, uh, and these guys are, are doing what they can, braving the temps, and it is crazy cold out. What's it like when, as general manager, you have to ask these people who you're in charge of, who you care for, and is so much a part of your company and community, what's it like when you have to ask them to go out? And these are life-threatening conditions. Yeah, these guys, they, um, they know the profession. They, they mm-hmm. know how to dress warm. Um, they we buddy up with with another colleague and and they make sure that they're you know not alone and they're not exposed to the temperatures too long but you know our members are exposed to those same temperatures they got livestock they're taking care of and they they're trying to keep water from freezing so our members they're they're uh, used to this at times of of being this extreme and and our guys were um aware of that and and want that power to come back um as soon as possible and and uh yeah they certainly are some heroes they they all stick around and they're waiting for that call when when the weather gets this nasty cuz they they have a sense of obligation and duty to to step up to the plate and, and our t- team certainly does that and as we're going to talk with Owen later he just is the epitome of a good hard working guy you know supporting his community here in in Montana um so it's a pretty neat thing Owen Thatcher will be joining us later, uh, line foreman based out of Roundup there. Uh, Carson Sweeney, general manager of Fergus Electric, with us here. Uh, Carson, I kind of want to talk about that community response as well, because as you noted, as general manager of Fergus Electric, and, uh, you know, there's almost 4,000 members. Uh, You've got uh, Mar, Muscle Shell, Petroleum, Stillwater, Sweetgrass, Treasure, Wheatland, Yellowstone, Golden. Look at how that's Blaine. It's Cascade. It's showed that's a real, real large area. 
Uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, we have four thousand miles of line across fourteen counties, and like you said, we have four thousand members. So that's about a mile of line per member. Um, a lot of opportunities for uh, the lines to go down um, in a in a vast service territory, and that's why we had our guys spread out and and uh, um, we thought we were going to escape this cold snap by with just minimal outages but but that certainly wasn't the case but to your point the community came together um was very supportive of our guys and and then helping each other out taking portable generators um to to make sure people had heat and and checking on each other and and uh you know northwestern energy teaming up to help us they were doing absolutely everything they could to help us um, the piece of equipment that failed, it's a couple hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment. The lead time on getting a new one is 120 weeks. I just got a quote a couple months back. Northwestern Energy had a spare in Butte. They didn't even hesitate. They loaded it up on a semi. You know, they got to call a couple guys to, to get it loaded up and get a truck driver. And they shipped it to me on Sunday during the outage when it's minus 20. It showed up in Roundup at 8 p.m. that night. And we're working with Northwestern right now to get that installed um, next week when the temps warm up. That is, that's super generous, I think, as well. But when you talk about 120 weeks lead time to get another part, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe the good Lord was uh, shining on you after all, uh, despite despite that, that power outage, huh? Oh, it's nice to have some friends in, uh, that uh, they might have a spare like that in Northwestern Energy. We certainly um, view them as a partner and a, and a business friend. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they really came to, to help us out and help our members, and, and we're sure appreciative of that. Uh, um, I had to write a few thank yous and make a few calls to uh, some higher-ups in Northwestern this week because they certainly, they certainly saved us, and we wanted to share that appreciation. If I understand correctly, Tom, uh, CEO uh, of Northwestern Energy, Brian Bird, who's just an excellent human, he, uh, he's on with you later today, is that correct? Yes, we're going to be doing an interview, um, a recorded interview at 11 o'clock to talk about, again, this cold snap. And then I'm going to um, make sure I you know, talk about this response as well. This was sort of new to me. Um, and, and I'll say hello and, and thank you, thank you, thank you from Carson Sweeney. How's that? Hey, I appreciate it, sir. I haven't talked to him a bit, but make sure you know that uh, we appreciate all the teamwork. And uh, under these conditions, uh, it's, it's important that we work together and uh, that we, um, uh, you know, for grid stability, that we have enough power that we're putting onto the grid and that we're planning far enough in advance that we can meet the demands that, that the system requires. And uh, under under these temperature conditions, it, it gets to be quite a bit of demand. I know Northwestern hit a new peak, and I'm sure that when the data comes across, Fergus Electric hit a new peak um, under this storm. And uh, um, Tom, right now, I'm in Helena at the state capitol at a uh, attending an ETIC meeting, and on the agenda, they're they're talking about power reserves and how do we ensure that there is enough generation capacity available in times of need like this storm that uh, that we're not running short, that we're not planning for outages, that we're not um, looking to keep the grid stable by shutting power off in certain areas. We want to make sure that we have dispatchable power. Um, available on the grid. We'd rather have that in the state borders than out of the state borders. If it's outside of state borders, we have to rely on uh, different transmission interconnects and transmission lines to make sure that power uh, comes into the state. Um, We'd rather have it uh, here at home. So uh, 
I'm in Helena today, and, and the committee is working on just that, uh, very important stuff. Another topic that they're considering in the state of Montana is, a, uh, is an RTO, and, and that has been discussed for many years. But just a lot of people working together to try to make sure that we um, have a reliable electric grid and, and, uh, and that's affordable and, and uh, can keep the lights on, sir. That's the goal. Yeah, and and the, and the heat going. I uh, just so important. Um, I'm going to um, introduce Owen Thatcher here in just a little bit. Uh, I know that you've got to run and, and uh, get to that meeting here. Uh, but you know, as you talked about some of those things that they want to achieve and they're studying that, um, what's your input? What do you think needs to be done? In, in you know, a quick summary of that. We are supportive of uh, a mixed energy. Uh, generation uh, bucket of a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. If we can have renewables in there, hydro, uh, carbon-based, we we need to be able to provide affordable electricity and and have it be very reliable and on demand. And and that is a mix of all those generation resources. So dispatchable energy is very very important. And uh, natural gas and coal plants have provided that for us in the few, uh, in the past. And and we need to rely on that also in the future um, with a mix of all other generation assets. And uh, so just having enough, um, not shutting down plants um, prematurely before we have planned ahead to make sure that we have enough in the future. Montana is a state that's growing. That's obvious. We need to make sure that we are increasing our generation capacity um, before we uh, decrease it prematurely. Yeah. That's something that we're working on, just make sure that we're able to keep the lights on and that we're not hindering ourselves. Yeah, and I appreciate that, too, because I think uh, we're not doing the math and we're not going in the right direction when it comes to our energy security. Uh, this is Carson Sweeney, General Manager of Fergus Electric. I'm going to uh, welcome now Owen Thatcher. He's a line foreman based out of Roundup. He will stay with us uh, following this break here. Good morning, Owen. How are you? Hey, good morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Carson, I'm going to have you um, reintroduce Owen Thatcher. I, I was kind of teasing you guys both. I'd like to have you crosstalk a little bit uh, because, um, you know, you can pat Owen on the back if he's earned it. And then I said, Owen, uh, you know, you can pat your boss on the back if he's earned it, uh, so to speak. Uh, but but go ahead and, and, uh, and talk about, you know, the importance of a guy like or specifically Owen Thatcher. Hey, Tom, when you're looking for somebody to uh, lead your team and develop a good culture at the workplace and uh, uh, somebody for people to look up to and uh, learn from, it doesn't get any better from uh, a foreman like uh, Owen in our Roundup area. They have an excellent team. He's got a a few young guys that uh, are learning from him, and uh, him and our assistant line superintendent, Brett Nellermo, make an excellent team down there. Uh, we just built them a brand new building. They're just moving into it, Tom. I think the heat was turned on about two days ago. Wow! And uh, the Roundup community deserved a building like that, and it's a growing community. And uh, we couldn't ask for anybody better than than uh, Brett and and Owen to uh, lead that charge. And so I sure appreciate Owen and all the work he did this weekend to to uh, look out for the safety of our members there in Roundup during that outage. Oh, Owen, you're, you're kind of trapped now. You, you've got to say something nice about Carson. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as Carson's concerned, I think he's got the vision and uh, the mindset to lead this co-op into the right place. And, and I think we're in good hands with Carson. It uh, seems like he's, he's taken us in the right direction. So we really appreciate Carson. And if I have a concern, I know I can bring it up to Carson, and, and he'll listen to me. He, he might not like what I say, and we might o- not always agree, but he's going to listen to me, and I and I do appreciate that. 
And it does take a real strong leadership uh, because there are a lot of inputs, I think, that you're dealing with, Carson, and many of those probably out of your direct control, so to speak. And like I say, our energy, you know, getting this figured out is real important for us in the future. So um, you kind of you give them heck up there at the legislature. I think that there's going to be a lot on your side, but I think there's still convincing that needs to be done about, um, you know, reanalyzing where we're at right now with energy and where we're going. Oh, it's, there's many complicated issues yeah. and, and, you know, power reserves and generations, just the tip of the iceberg where there's wildfire mitigation, uh, issues and, uh, you know, breaching of the lower snake river dams, which we're entirely against. And so there's a lot of stuff going on today. We're going to focus on uh, the ETIC meeting up here at, uh, the state capitol. And Tom, I just appreciate uh, your time today and, and, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, you speaking with Owen. And if it's all right, sir, I'll let you two get at it. Yep. You bet. Thank you. I appreciate you giving us uh, some of your time here today as well, because it's not always easy to talk about. Welcome back. Tom Schultz alongside. It's Voices of Montana. You know, in preparing for this, I did a little bit of uh, research, again, re-familiarizing myself with frostbite treatment. And I can't imagine, I've not seen anybody who's got frostbite. They call, they, they have some mild frostbite, which they call frost nip. And uh, there's been maybe some of us who have suffered that to a certain degree. Uh, I just cannot imagine a more painful sort of treatment than, than the recovery from, from frostbite as I'm, I'm looking at it here. And frostbite can happen in a real quick time. If your wind chills are under, say, under 15 or mi- minus 11, you've got two hours, okay? If from there, minus 20, that's, that's 30 minutes or so. You go to minus 30, you're looking at 10 minutes and you are facing frostbite. And then when it gets to uh, minus 50, uh, minus 48 below, it's only five minutes. You think about what those folks in, in Fergus and all of our linemen across the state, I, like I say, I think you're, you're heroes and I think a lot of us feel that way. You know, when you have, it was minus 30 and only a 10 mile an hour wind will put that to minus 50, minus 53 on the frostbite chart here. That's five minutes out in the cold. Owen Thatcher, line foreman from uh, Roundup. How do you get things done in five minutes at a time? Well, Tom, it uh, takes a little longer than normal. If you can imagine, the hands do not work very well in that weather. So, you you know, you you do have to take time to take breaks. You can't just be a hero up there, you know. It, uh, I encourage the guys, just come down, warm your hands up. Another five minutes is not going to affect this job as much as we think. And and you can tell, you know, sometimes it's too late once your hands go numb or your ears go numb. You think you're fine, but when you get into the, the cab of the pickup to defrost, it it is severely painful, uh, if you can imagine. Have you seen? Have you experienced it? Have you seen it? You know, I've never I've never seen severe frostbite oh, um, myself, but I think every lineman out there in this climate has probably experienced that frost nip that you talk about where you pushed it maybe a little too far, maybe, maybe didn't take a break like you're supposed to, and, and, and it is painful when your hands thaw out. You know, you feel like your, your fingers are going to fall off. And, and like I said, I encourage the guys, just, just come down, take a break. I, we, we all had to do it the other, the other day when it was into the 50 below with wind chill. Um, just the day before that, that big outage, we had some wire go down in Rygate. I didn't have to respond to, but two of my guys, did and i can't imagine it was even colder and and uh they did a good job they know how to work safe and how to stay warm so it's it's great having guys you can trust to, to go out and do that you as a foreman though you you probably worry about them uh, and you 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 want them to contact you uh keeping in, in kind of 
frequent contact, but also you've got a lot of trust in him too. Absolutely. Yep. You you got to trust your guys, and and these guys are professionals. They know what they're doing, and and my wife was making fun of me because I was checking the the outage, just refreshing. We we can see our outages on the screen yep. on our iPads, and I was refreshing it, just seeing if they had it back on. Not so much that I cared about how long. It just I was worried about them, you know, in a sense. Yep. I, I'm confident in their abilities, but you still kind of worry. So my wife was making fun of me on that. <laughs> Your wife uh, has a um, uh, like a greenhouse in Roundup, right? That's correct. She uh, it's Rimrock Flower Farm. She <laughs> actually grows specialty cut flowers, which is kind of a I think she's kind of a pioneer in that in Montana. People don't realize you can grow, you know, beautiful flowers. And she's got two what we call hoop houses, which are, they're not heated greenhouses, but they basically allow her to grow, you know, a couple months extra onto our short growing season, as we all know. So she's getting flowers that you can't grow here, basically force, forcing them to grow and then supplying them to florists. And she, she does a lot of weddings also. Oh, cool, she, cool. We're, we're proud of her hard work. Yeah, and she probably is one of your uh, biggest customers, too, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. How many people responded uh, to, as you noted, there was like um, kind of various, and, and Carson said, too, had people kind of spread out uh, to deal with spot um, things. Uh, how many How many people were working that singular problem back at the uh, substation? So we had... In Fergus, I want to say 10 to a dozen linemen that responded, but I also want to give our office and engineers a shout-out. I was bugging our engineer all weekend about our our voltages and loads, you know, texting her on her her day off. So um, thanks for that, Melanie, and and, uh, all the Fergus guys that were out working. We had guys from Lewistown. We're we're just a dock crew here in Roundup. Um, We have four guys here plus our line soup. Um, so we had Lewistown guys responding also to help us out. So it's kind of a everybody effort, you know, and then, and then I also want to give shout out to the Northwestern guys, um, three guys in particular, Tony, Mike, and Brian. I don't know these guys, but they basically helped us out in a big way in that substation, along with the local guys, Jory, Mike, and Sheldon here, they're just the local linemen at Northwestern. And, and when stuff like that happens, it, it's pretty amazing how it doesn't matter what, what the logo on your shirt is. Everybody pulls together, and, and I really appreciate those guys. I just want uh, all these people in the, in the Roundup community to know that it was a joint effort. We're, we're not the heroes. It, it was a real joint effort. Well, thank you for that. I, I, I can appreciate that, but um, it does take an extra – effort i think uh to to go out there and, and as carson had said um you guys accept that responsibility don't you we do yeah you know i was we were joking everybody you know we had a big long outage and we had to endure it together but i there's there's really not very many times where it gets that cold that we're not out working it just doesn't affect that many people so we're we are in in a sense used to that um it, we were kind of surprised i I told my wife, I I was sitting there thinking, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to show my face after this. (laughs) You know, the community is going to be mad about this out. All right, stand by. I want to save that. And I've got a breakup coming right now. And that's a good point uh, point to come on back and talk about relationships in that community strengthened through this. Owen Thatcher with us here on Voices. Voices of Montana continues right after this. The fastest hour in Montana radio continues. Call 866 
627-5483 and join Montana's statewide radio talk show, Voices of Montana with Tom Schultz. Thanks for being here. Hope you guys are staying warm. It remains pretty cold. You know, I think we can, we're okay, I think with 30 below for a day or two, but when it gets to stretch on to five days and you don't see above zero temperatures for a while, I think folks kind of get a little cranky and that's justified we're talking with owen thatcher line foreman based out of roundup grew up in harlow and uh went to line school and took him 12 years elsewhere before he could get back home and he's one of those that uh led crews into the recovery efforts after a power outage um, was suffered some to the point of 11 hours nine hours uh, for others about 2300 members and they are members of uh, fergus electric co-op oh and thanks again for being here appreciate that let's talk about this and i got a text message that kind of relates to it too your your members were out of power and and your members are your friends and your neighbors and and part owners of your company uh here's a text message and thanks again for this do you understand the uh, the hundreds of thousands of dollars lost in cattle weight in communities because of no water i, I don't know that we do uh on, on a general sense in in the public but i i presume that you do yeah you know and i do understand it was it was severe for a lot of people and and i promise you nobody cares more than a lineman and especially a fergus electric lineman it was honestly the worst day of my career oh. as far as uh, stress level goes I, and i've had some tremendous wrecks where i've pulled up and there's poles and wires laying everywhere it was more of just a hopeless uh, helpless feeling trying to get that back going in that weather and and uh it for the most part the community supported us in a, in a big way so i and i do apologize for for the problems that that might have caused to people well and i think what um in in talking about their response and i want you to go into that as well but i i think that it, in, as you describe that, it shows that they had a lot of faith and a lot of trust uh, in, in your company because they were thankful, weren't they? They were very thankful. It, it was amazing. I, as I spoke earlier before the break, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to show my face. Just you go through a lot of emotions in that time frame. And, and uh, everybody I talked to that night um, knocked on doors to check on people after the power had got back on and people were calling us heroes and thanking us. I could not believe it. It was it was pretty amazing. My wife told me of the the support that people were giving each other on social media. Um, people asking for firewood. People were saying, "Yeah, come get. It. I got a half a cord. Come get it." People were doing wellness checks. Um, it was it was pretty amazing. I, I think it it brought the community together. Believe it or not. Yeah, and that's well. I, I guess these kinds of times can do that. Have you seen something like this? You said it was kind of like the, the the worst day of your career. So. You have not encountered um, the challenge that you did that day, huh? Well, I have. Okay. Um, this is just, this is being a, a Fergus Electric employee, you have a more of a personal relation with your with your members. I've worked at places where we've had disasters and, and you're, you know, you're on a week or two storm and you don't really know the people. Here, here it's challenging because it's your friends and your neighbors and, and it's very very disheartening to see people suffering along with you. We're we're kind of used to the suffer in this weather, but it it it's kind of a scary thought knowing that people were out of power in that kind of weather. But again, um, the the employees they all probably felt that support too. And so uh, I'm not sure. You know, somebody would like to buy you a cup of coffee, and then you say, "Thank you, I appreciate that." But I've had six cup of coffees uh, in the last half hour, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it is <laughs> funny. There's there's been a lot of 
uh, pouring of, out of support for us. You know, can we buy this? Can you buy that? It's it's very. We're all, you know, we don't consider ourselves doing anything out of the norm. So yeah. we we really appreciate the the community outreach and and like I said, nobody cares more than a Fergus Electric lineman, and we really love our members. Um, and that goes Lewistown, every county we serve. It's it's pretty amazing. And and again, I think that's a credit to the community too. So uh, a big shout out to uh, you folks uh, in the members of Fergus Electric as well. And I'm going to believe that that happens all across uh, the state of Montana too. We're we're pretty good about pulling together on things. Talk to me a little bit about why you became a lineman. You know, it's a funny story. I, I ended up going to a year of of college at MSU Bozeman. Um, I just doing general ed. Didn't have a clue what I was going to do paying for the school on my own. I probably would have stayed if my parents paid for it. I was having a lot of fun, but <laughs> I looked at the, <laughs> I looked at the money I was spending on, on not knowing what I was going to do. I had a couple of friends that were apprentice linemen and they showed me their paychecks. Uh, and being a kid, not ever making that kind of money. I thought, well, I can do that. Not really knowing what it was even about. Looked into it a little bit and signed up for a lineman college in, in Boise, Idaho at the time was one of the only ones doing it and ended up getting a job at Pacific Gas and Electric in California and actually had to endure 12 years down there, which I say jokingly, I, I uh, had some good years down there. I was just ready to get out of there and raise my children back home. So it, uh, it was a long journey to get back here and never, never been so happy to make it home. Yeah, I'm I'm thankful for that too, and that's that's a good plan, and um, right at home too. Talk to me about how again how difficult the work is. Uh, um, if you're if you're up in a bucket and the wind is ten miles an hour, that's one thing. If it's twenty miles an hour, I'm I'm not sure you can go up in a bucket at twenty miles an hour, can you? Yeah, you can. Okay. It's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing what you can what you can endure up there. It people don't realize when you're on the ground, the wind's blowing. You go up thirty feet. It's it almost seems like it's double yeah. that. So it, it's pretty amazing. People don't realize once you get up even 30, 40 feet, what it's like. Um, but we, that's what we do. That's what we're trained to do. And, and it is hard work, but you know, the safety procedures and, and things are, are in, in place to, to make it to where it's not dangerous. If you know what you're doing and you're well-trained. What, has helped over the years. I think I shared a story with you, and I've mentioned it here too. My brother was a lineman for a while uh, in Wyoming, pretty uh, pretty roughneck country there, and this was probably in the mid eighties. Uh, I'm curious as to. I have to imagine that there's been a lot more training, a lot more tech that has made the job safer in these kind of conditions. Talk about talk about where we are now. Yeah, there's there's been a real focus on safety the last thirty years in this industry. There's every tool in place to do it safe. It's it's more of ownership and, and leadership to to implement those tools yeah. and make sure people are doing doing it safely. It, you can throw every safety rule at somebody. It's got to be a personal choice to follow it, and and the tools certainly help that. We have the finest equipment and and safety procedures to do this safely. I always tell the guys. There's not a thing that can happen to you other than something very freakish. You know, everybody thinks heights and electricity are the dangerous thing. Honestly, if you do everything correctly, the most dangerous thing is driving to the job site. So there's a lot of tools and procedures in place to make this to where we can go home and see our families every night in the same condition that we left for work, I guess. 
You know, and I want to use that to you've made a statement as we were just chatting yesterday about how how those rules and regulations come about. Um, and it, it I think it's poignant. It may be it may be kind of tough to hear a little bit as well. But when you're talking about all those those safety regulations, how are they formed? So that I guess the thing that has always been told to me since I was a young man in this industry is those rules have been written with blood. And that's hard to hear for some people, but it's very true. If you open the safety manual and you see these rules, it's probably because somebody might have lost their life or was severely injured doing something that could have been prevented. And that's how safety rules basically were formed in this industry. I guess way back in the day, one out of every two linemen lost their life. It's just the way it was. That's, that's hard to fathom. Um, really, but I, I think um, again, let that stay stay with us when when we think about um, you know some of the some of the hoops we have to go through. Sometimes there's a lot of good good reasons for those. Um, what's what's next now? Uh, you've got uh, and as Carson had mentioned, uh, thanks again to Northwestern Energy that lead time for um, a new breaker. I think it, I think that's what it was was 120 weeks. I, I can't imagine how hard that is to do your job. And I've heard this before, that there's really a lot of uh, back orders and a lot of lag time for these kinds of equipment. Yep. Equipment is very hard and very expensive these days. And at Fergus, we're, we're investing in our infrastructure daily. And, and now we're, we're really, really investing in our reliability. We've, we've done basically overhauling our, our here specifically in Roundup, our two major feeders are going to get a overhaul in the next two years to really, really improve our reliability by upgrading old equipment and just making things more streamlined. Um, I can guarantee there will be less power interruptions. Not that we had a lot to begin with, but I think it. I think our members are really going to appreciate the work that we're going to be doing and continue to do daily. What can we do? What can members do? What can people do? Um, as as they face these conditions and um, that I, I don't know is, is simple steps perhaps at home that can help when it, with electrical use yeah be prepared um, it, it might have brought to light that maybe your only source of heat being electric based is difficult even at my home I realized all my you know deficiencies it's it's kind of a scary proposition how reliant we are on electricity and that's Good for me, I guess. It's job security, but I also want people to realize that in reality, it is just a commodity. There's places in the world where you are not so reliant on electricity. So I guess just be prepared. Um, and this outage probably helped people realize. And I think that's part of the community support that was going on. I think everybody's rallying around each other, kind of proud of themselves for pulling through this together. Have you talked with anybody specifically? Can you share a story or, or just a memory when you said you went and knocked on people's doors? Um, is there a face that comes to mind and some things that they said to you? Yeah, I mean, we had several interactions that, that evening. Uh, my, my favorite, I don't recall the couple's name, but we had finally got everybody back on, and we were going around checking just to make sure the very outskirts of the, the territory were back on, and, and I knocked on a door, and it was a it was a nice older couple, and smiling from ear to ear offering me food and coffee and i don't even know if their coffee maker could have could have brewed a pot yet it was pretty spectacular to see you know when you go to a door you you think it could go one one of two ways and and it was it was pretty pleasant to see they were pretty thankful and and just good people 
Great. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, and again, uh, pat on the back for, for all those folks there. A good pat on the back for Northwestern Energy as well and all the, all the members, um, and, and crew workers there for, for Fergus Electric. It was a dangerous situation and the community responded. And my golly, that's why I'll never leave Montana. Yep. That's, that's a fact. It probably would only happen in this great state the way that everybody reacted. Thanks again for joining us for the podcast and join us daily Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for more Voices of Montana on local stations all across Montana.